Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. A cautionary tale. Listen to what they say, then do the opposite. Your hosts, Colin Flynn and John M. Craig. Thank you for listening. Unbecoming of Age, John Michael Craig and myself, Colin Flynn. We have never actually met in real life. We've talked a lot over the interwebs. And that's where the show starts. John, how you doing? I'm all right, Colin. How are you? I'm hanging in there. It's, it's uh, been a, a, a trying weekend here. I, okay, so last week you were complaining, uh, rightly so, about the about the four Easter. Is that what it was called? Yes. Yes. And so when you were doing that, I actually had it in my notes here uh, from that show, from that day. I, I had written down, snow plows away. I had read this story locally that the uh, they had taken the plows off the trucks here. Uh, in town and that they were pretty much uh, cruising into spring and I was going to just kind of rub it into you a little bit. We've got the plows off the trucks and it's not a big deal. All right, it snowed like uh, 8 to 10 inches yesterday. So <sighs> they put the plows back on, I guess. Apparently, <sighs> yeah, heavy, wet snow, but uh, it w- it's actually pretty nice today. So this time of year it goes way quick, but uh, yeah, fun stuff. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm not enjoying the weather. It's it's still cold here. We what are we at? March twenty fifth, you know. Yeah. While we're recording this, uh, and and I just looked at the ten day forecast, and I, I I hate obsessing over weather, but it it looks like we're not getting temperatures consistently higher than the low fifties for the next ten days or so. Like, Global f- climate climate change, right? Listen, I, I you know I, I I don't know how global warming and, and climate change works, but but it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, fuck, man. It's like it doesn't make sense to me either. But eighth grade I, math didn't really make sense to me. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, okay, okay. So I was talking to a friend. Uh, I've got I don't know if I've talked to you. I've got this uh, buddy uh, Mike, uh, and uh, he Mike has done some. He's he's an interesting guy. He's he's uh, I, I'd call him kind of a Renaissance man. He's uh, he's actually done some screenplay writing stuff. He's he's written for TV somewhat, and uh, he's, he wrote he wrote uh, a few episodes. I'm not sure exactly how many, uh, but he's he's written for one of the things. I think the biggest show he wrote for was uh, The Wonder Years. Oh wow! Yeah, and so um, we—I was talking. I just actually was—he was. We were talking about the podcast, and, and uh, he's listened a little bit. And I, I said, you know, we, I, I just I keep thinking about that idea that somehow this whole thing with uh, the pool house thing and John, where, where John's at right now, and I, I don't always want to keep talking about the pool house, but I, <laughs> it, it came up. And he had heard that stuff, and I said that could be a sitcom couldn't it mike couldn't it and he was like yeah, it absolutely could be a sitcom uh-huh. and so we were talking about that whole thing and I, you know i was like i don't even know how would you get started on getting a like a you know the writing you know stuff and how do you do that and so we talked about you know his his creative process a little bit of that kind of stuff and i said well maybe you could you know maybe you should maybe you should write it maybe she, you know this is something that could be you know, a way for you to to uh, strike gold to to Take this uh, the pool house thing and run with it, and he was like, eh, man, I don't know." He was he was he was actually thinking about it a little bit, and uh, I said, "Well, I said you've listened to the show a little bit, right?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I said, "Well, um, just off what you've heard, I said, who do you think?" Okay, I said, "I'm not even sure I would even be in it really because I'm you know if if it's if it's 
structured around the pool house and we're doing this podcast where we've never met each other i guess i'd be kind of this maybe a disembodied voice uh, off you know off the off camera maybe or maybe the narrator or something like that i'd be like john's moving into the pool house and feeling kind of comfortable today but little does he know next week things may change or so you know that kind of stuff but uh he was like no i think we could write you in but um i i said well okay so knowing what you know about us who who would play john who could you who would who in your head would you have playing john mm -hmm. and so he was like the first thing that came out of his mind was i could maybe get fred to do it so he's thinking fred savage you know <laughs> and i was like okay at first, I, I the adult Fred Savage. Uh, it took me just a second or two to kind of put that into my into my mind and, mm -hmm. and figure that out. And I was like, I, I'm not sure if if Fred Savage would do it. And I think he was thinking when we first started the conversation that maybe uh, it was more of a, a like a network TV kind of thing I was going for, like a ABC, CBS sort of mm -hmm, sort mm -hmm. of. And I and that's not the kind of sitcom I don't think you and I want to. Do. Oh no, no, not at all. No. So I said, yeah, it's got to be edgier. And so after we, we were kind of brainstorming, and, and there was there was a little bit of alcohol involved. And uh, if, if we're going to do something edgy, uh, we both eventually agreed that uh, maybe, uh, I don't even know how you say the guy's last name. Is it Zach Galafianakis? Zach Galafianakis. That's the obvious one. Yeah, he's got his show baskets. Listen, way too ahead of the game. That's a lot of alcohol to even consider. And it's not that I'm not a dreamer. I'm a fucking dreamer. You know, and and I've I've you know what I've my dream has come true. I'm living back in the pool house, and I'm right. not paying a dime. Right, exactly. So guess who wins? Uh, nobody. So is um, there an alternate? Alt, can you think of an alternate actor you'd like to have play yourself? Because I I can tell you. When, as the conversation rolled along, I decided who I wanted in my role. Uh, I decided uh, the only person who could possibly play me would have to be, mm -hmm. have to be, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> it's not a bad choice. I, I think I think it would be big. I don't think he hmm, he would have to be the star of the show though. It would have to be a show about you then, because well, Woody Harrelson. I don't know. And I mean, even if he got a producer credit, he got to direct and whatever the fuck else he wanted to do. Uh, I'm thinking. Uh, see, I would go with Doug Stanhope because it's funny. Well, Doug Stanhope is funny. Uh, I don't know. He's he's got he's just more of a drinker, and I think he's got more of a thing going than uh, in a weird. You know, he's got a uh, Dean Martin, I drink a lot sort of comedy thing going, and I I don't know if that would be you. I, I after I when I said the Woody Harrelson thing, I got to thinking, and you said he would have to be the star, and he would have to be the star unless there was somebody as strong as him. Maybe we could have uh, Matthew McConaughey be uh, be your role. Yeah, too bad. Yeah, I'm not. I can't dream. The, see, I would go low. I would get like I'm trying to think of a guy. <laughs> go low. I, I want to go low, low here. <laughs> no, that. you know what? I, I, I would want him to play me, but maybe he could play my uncle. Is uh, is Jeffrey Tambor because he lost his job on on that show, that Transparent, the Amazon show. For, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For being for sexually harassing. Well, and trans Fred, women. Yeah, Fred Savage has been accused of something too. So. No. Yeah, yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. It's hard to find an actor now that. Uh, Wait and, a second. And you said Doug Stanhope. For Christ's sake, he's he's got to be accused of something. But no, no, he's just straight up. Those guys are not as creepy as regular guys. It's the guys that live their life like regular, okay, cool guys, like like Jim Norton. He's a creep, but he's a self-admitted creep. He's not doing that shit. Doug Stanhope, I don't think he's doing that shit. He and his like wife, yeah. Bunny, whatever the fuck her name is. What's her name? Right. Bunny? It's not Bunny. Um, no, it's uh, uh, Bingo. 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 It's like, it's, yeah. 
Uh, Fred Savage accusations. What? Yeah, there's been some some absolute uh, accusations. And whether or not, who knows? I mean, what? Yeah. I'm sorry. I know you were talking about the pool house. And I have no problem talking about the pool house. I have not spoken to any of my legit friends, who like my my two friends that are you know. Uh, they're they're writers that they wrote on Disjointed, that uh, Kathy Bates Netflix sitcom. They did uh, Live in Maddie. I haven't talked to them, and I, I would have to do more than just say, "Hey, me in the pool house." I'd actually have to fucking write a treatment <laughs> and shit, and then let's do a sizzle reel. We can do that, right? <laughs> it's right. Yeah, we could. I should just start a YouTube channel. Fuck it. I mean, you know, maybe because uh, the Lamar's Iowa co- connection, uh, the ice cream capital of the world from which I come, the ice cream capital of the world is uh, self-proclaimed Lamar's Iowa, the home of Paul Rust from, uh, which I finished watching. Yes. Yeah. Love. 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 The the guy from Love. Yeah. Yeah. The guy from Love. Uh, Who created it. Yes, and he's uh, he's hanging out with Jud, Judd Apatow, and uh, and that's I think his story, his backstory was that he uh, somehow landed in Los Angeles from Lamar's Iowa, which is uh, kind of bizarre, and how somehow got in front of Judd Apatow and yeah it's all it's all uh, history now so um maybe I can you know I don't know I was just trying to I'm just trying to work this out but I think we should start asking everybody we know we should be like that pain in the ass person that's going to start a business and they're like trying to borrow money from everybody um, <laughs> but we won't borrow money we'll just uh, try to borrow their talent we'll just just come on you got to do it you got to do it dude. come on you got you got to do it because uh, you know it, uh, there's way worse shit out there there is some shit 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 out there that is becoming uh, TV and they need content and we've got, you know, Matthew McConaughey and... <laughs> That's right, and Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. <laughs> it's shit, really, it was that, weren't they on that True Detective show? True Detective, season Yes, one. we're yeah. bringing them back together, but for a wacky comedy. For a wacky, and they'd probably like a to dark, do a wacky a comedy. A dark yeah. comedy. Yeah. Yes, after all that darkness of, of True Detectives, why would they not want to get together and do a wacky comedy? Oh, you have to, Yeah, I, I, you know, I was talking uh, to you about this before I turned the mics on. Uh, Mark Marin, who does not need our help, um, his his last episode, episode nine hundred uh, WTF with um, Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte was in a film with Woody Harrelson and Sean Penn, um, The Thin Red Line, I think. Yeah. And they were shooting in Australia. He tells a fucking amazing, such a great fucking story, and it involves Woody Harrelson. And it's fucking and it's a practical joke. It's Woody Harrelson. It's Sean Penn. And he gets it's fucking Woody Harrelson must be a fucking trip to hang out with. <laughs> High yeah. as fuck, and he's the. Well, let's best. get him for the show. Let's just get him. I for think the we show. should enter twenty minutes with. I'll take two minutes with Woody Harrelson. Yeah, uh, if you had two, you'd want twenty. So you might as well just go for twenty. It, it, you know, it's. Uh, yeah, I think I think he'd work out. You know, um, I. I these actors, you know, they, they're they're over the top. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, you, those three, especially, you got the, you know, the, these things going on where you, they are, they're they're a force of nature. A lot of those people, um, it's weird how you see somebody in a role. You, they'll, they'll do one kind of a role, and then you see this other uh, thing that they're in, and they, you know, they, a lot of times, the really uh, obviously the really good ones can can change it around. So Woody Harrelson, I think, you know, he's done a lot of comedy. He's done serious shit. Uh, he's he's great at both. But um, what really pisses me the fuck off is when I'm watching something, and I I, I saw this thing on Netflix. It's called Collateral. 
and uh, I think it's uh, they did it. Uh, it's uh, like a, it's, I think the first season is like six episodes or something like that. It's this BBCs BBCs BBC ask sort of BBCs. I don't. Know, that sounded fucking weird. Um, it was like something you'd see on the BBC. Anyway, this um, six part series, uh, kind of a cop thriller detective thing there's this uh there's this woman on there uh that was uh she's kind of the main i guess she is the main character and the the actress's name which isn't gonna i'm sure probably uh uh ring a bell her name's carrie mulligan okay Mm -hmm. um she's been in uh she's been in a bunch of stuff that you probably if you saw her face you'd go oh yeah i kind of i've seen her she's in mudbound that movie which i don't think you said you saw um Pride and Prejudice. She was in that latest version of that. She was in that movie uh, Drive. Okay, so she's yes, in, I know Drive, and I, I know who she is, and I'm looking her up now. I, I am okay. familiar with her. So you'll see the face. You go, okay, yeah. Well, as I start watching this this series, this uh, thing on Netflix, and I realize she is British as hell. She's 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 from England, and everything I've seen her in, which is a bunch of roles, she's she's American. And mm-hmm. I feel I don't know. It makes I just feel it. It kind of pisses me off. I'm like, I feel like it, somebody's somebody's coming to my home and they've lied to me. <laughs> they've. I, it's like what? You can't be British. It's how does that po- even possible? Because I've seen you in all these other things. Okay, I know it's acting and all of that stuff. But if you were to turn that around, are there any? Maybe it happens. I I don't think so. But really, are there a lot of Americans that try to play the b- British role on the other side of that? Just to you know because. I, maybe there's enough accents uh, over there that we come off sounding like, you know, there's just not one British accent. Um, so maybe I, maybe we don't do a very good job of it, I guess is what I'm saying. And, and that's why it doesn't happen. You can just do English, uh, you know, American English, I guess, is, is easier to pull off maybe than speaking like a Brit. But, God, I was watching that. I was just like, what the fuck is that all about? How's that even possible? So you got her picture up yet? Can you see it? Yeah, I have her picture. I know who she is. Know what she looks like. Only really know her from Drive. Yeah. Um, Did you know she was a Brit? Uh, no, but I didn't. I haven't watched her enough. I just watched her. I just remember watching Drive. Yeah. And uh, you know, while she has, you know, a supporting role, it wasn't big enough that I would have even Googled her. Like there was nothing about her performance or her at that time in right, that role right, that I'm yeah. like, oh, who's who's she? I mean, even the character she was playing, you know? Um, but she does a good job in this this thing on Netflix. That was well, pretty well done. Well, I, I think I've mentioned this before. Andrew Lincoln, Rick, on Rick, The Walking yeah, Dead. God. He's a Brit. Yeah, he is. He's a full-on Brit. That's why he sounds like such a dork on that show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been watching the show this season, and uh, I've been watching it, and at, and I watch it on demand. But it's 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 the AMC app, and after it ends, and I've been falling asleep a lot. I've been struggling to kind of get into it. Um, and at the end of it, they play all of this sort of like electronic press kit behind the scenes kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. And they had one where everyone's doing the everyone in the cast is doing the impression of rick doing carl and and it and and he actually explains it like how he, how he struggles with it because he's english and the name carl it's like that's why he's like it's carl and it was like, he even jokes about it it had it been a different name he would have been fine with it but it's, it's like it's just one of those things and, and i think when you when you're doing when you're speaking in your native english with your typical accent a lot of times you have a dialect coach and you work really hard to like to speak a certain way and to study it like i I worked on a movie years ago 
it was called well it was the working title was gasoline alley but the actual film came out as no way home and tim roth played an american and it was uh shot in staten island and he struggled i remember he like he's a great actor but i I don't think he did a it it, i think to me it seemed like it impacted his acting you know, yeah, I, getting I would, yeah, see that. Yeah. You know, and so, well, I, and I remember I told you about my friend Patty, my, my friend Patty Carrie Perazzo, who wrote that TV series. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Have she you asked wrote. Her yet? What's that? Ask her. Have you asked her about the pool house thing? Um, uh, I haven't gotten into it with her. I mean, I think you I mentioned in passing. I mentioned it in passing. She's got her show. She's got four more episodes. She's got four episodes to write by herself. And she's already talked to me about collaborating, which is weird, though, because it's like I went to high school with her husband, and we're really good friends, and now I hang out with her, and like we worked together that one time when she did a reading of, a, of another TV idea that she had, a pilot. And that pilot is called Last Licks, and it's about a... It's about like a washed up, like um, you know, like a, a like a forty something year old guy who's going to his high school reunion. He was the high school baseball star and then played college a little bit, but didn't do much after that. And then he became like a local cop. So sort of like a, he's still a big fish in a small pond, and everyone sort of. But he really nothing going on. And it, it's supposed to take place on Staten Island. Now it could take place, you know, in in. Minneapolis. It could take place anywhere in Middle America, you know, where you have these characters that don't move on, right? And when we were doing it, the guy that did the, that played the part, nobody did accents. Nobody did them. And I think partially because it's distracting, right? It doesn't really matter, especially for a reading. Like if you were going to, I don't know, it's just, it's one of those things where it, it depends if you're going to cast it. It, it. I can't think of too many TV shows where they have, like, I guess there are Boston shows, and you had, like, NYPD Blue where they had the accents, but uh, all Brits, by the way, on those shows. All Brits. <laughs> yeah, they're probably Boston are. teachers and, and the fucking, yeah, it's just a bunch of fucking English. It's, it's, it's the thing. We don't know that all actors are English. Uh, they all are. Yeah, every single one of them. Yeah. What was the name of that sitcom she's working? Uh, that, that sounded like a porno thing. What was that? Last Licks. Last Licks. Which is, that's, that, that's just the pilot so, idea that yeah. she had. That's not... Her show is... Uh, what is the name of her fucking show? We could call the Pool Half-Life. House. Half-Life. We could call the Pool House thing Last Licks, too. <laughs> yes. <that's right. laughs> it, might, it might work, you know? It's, it's uh, you know... Okay, know. in that case, then, uh, my character, even though he's not into his ex-wife anymore... Every time he sees her, he's just creepy, and he's like, "Come on, just for old time's sake, you know." Just because he's like, because it's part of the agreement of, of staying in her pool house. He's not allowed to have guests, right? Yes. So his angle is like, maybe he can like, what? What about if I have some dudes over? You know, it's almost like being in prison, right? And then he just will be like, just I need some action. Or he just yeah. hits on his ex-wife, and he's just like, come he's on. He's just trying, to do, the, just trying to do the the bag him sneaking back in the house yeah, thing, like I was talking about. So this actually occurred to me uh, yesterday. I was shoveling snow. It was a heavy, wet kind of snow. I had to go like three times. Yeah, I just said I didn't want to do it all at once. I was doing all this stuff, and I was wondering. I thought, okay, so last week when John got all the snow, uh, now were you? Did you go? Did you? Did you do the the shoveling around the house thing? Did you like? Uh, how does that work? Or, or is it expected so, of you? As the, no, no, it's not expected. As a matter of fact, it's it's sort of this weird gray area. Sometimes when I do things and I ask if I should do this, she's like, "No, no, I got it, I got it." Like really stubborn. Right. Like, it depends on what it is, you know. So when it snowed, so it snowed on Friday, 
Today's Sunday. It's not on, uh, on Friday. And, he, and it was the of the, the this particular for Easter. This one was the one where we got we we had an accumulation of snow. And did I tell you it brought a tree down? Did I talk about that? No, it's, it's a blur. Yeah. Okay, yeah. it didn't bring a full tree down. We have this there's this giant tree in the front of the house, and we've got like a huge tire swing on it that years ago I put up, and and it's like a real tire, like a tractor trailer. You know, tire. Yeah, big, 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 big. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. It's, it's, and uh, and this tree branch came down right on the front walkway. Front walkway is cobblestone, and it's just hanging there. At like seven o'clock in the morning, my ex-wife sent me a text. It's like, I need help typing the tree off my car. Typing the tree to my car. I'm like, what? I have no idea what you're talking about. So I could see the driveway, which is on the other side of the house, the other corner of the house. It's a corner property. And I don't see, I'm thinking, is that a tree branch fell down? So what she wanted to do was she wanted to put a tow rope, attach it to a car, which is all-wheel drive, it's a, and and pull the tree branch down because uh, it's so big and heavy, she was concerned that it would fall and hit the mailman or, you know, right. Jehovah's Witness. Like, wow, it was like, no big deal. Um, so I ended up, uh, Cameron ended up helping me. So I first I shoveled the walkway. Just let me shovel it. I'm out here. It's wet snow. It's easy. I hate shoveling because I don't want to have another stroke or a heart attack for something's gonna that's going to melt. Like it's gonna like nature's gonna ha- handle it like right like just shit's going away so yeah, let's just move the mailbox and put yeah. it on the front they don't need, even need to come out like yeah. just no big deal and if we fall what are we gonna do sue ourselves now I don't live here anymore so I'm hoping that I do fall so I can sue my ex-wife you know or that I I was praying that that fucking tree branch came down on me and that maybe it brought some wires down and I got electrocuted like as long as I survive fucking I'm gonna get this house back. It's coming back. It's coming your way. So so Cameron, who's 15, I ask him to help me, and he decides to start shimmying up the giant tree branch. And while he's doing this, I see that the tree branch is about to bring a wire that's attached to the house. Now, I don't know if it's electrical. I don't know if it's cable, phone, you know, internet. We only have internet, or she only has internet. So I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, whoa, whoa, Cameron, stop. So then I got to get the ladder out, and then we move it. And then um, I said, Cameron, go in the house and get some saws. And he, we didn't have a sawzall, no chainsaw. So he ends up coming out with a – it's a tiny, like, old-school, like, handsaw that – it's called from the Little Red Toolbox. <laughs> I'm like, Cameron, are you serious? I mean, it's it's not a small branch. Yeah. It's like, dude, I'm Maybe not doing four that. Four years. So I had a little hacksaw. I was up there. I started doing it. He started doing it, and then I ended up going over to a neighbor's house, and he had a like a you know a sawzall, like a yeah. Dewalt wireless elect you know power saw, a real saw, and, a, a real saw. saw, right? And so so we actually. He and I got it. We and then uh, and then from there, we didn't even need her car because once we cut it so that it wouldn't bring the wire down, you know, take out the power or something, uh, we just tied a rope to it, and the guy Frank and I started rocking back and forth, and we pulled it down. It's great. I felt like a man. You I don't do man little, shit. <laughs> you got a testosterone boost off that thing. Yeah. So the long answer is yeah. Sometimes I shovel. Okay. <laughs> and so take down trees. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that you're saying yes, there's a gray area here, uh, and uh, should I, shouldn't I? You were talking about the uh, 
possible lawsuit, uh, possible uh, settling for for some sort of. Uh, now, has there been like a? Uh, it wouldn't be a prenup, but like, is there like a uh, hold harmless, uh, harmless sort of thing in there? Uh, any in, sort in, of an agreement? The agreement? No. Yeah, no. No. So, so you, can, you can sue her. All right. This is. We're going. I will. Here. I'm going to say this. I. I that might be season I, two. The, the, I the would. Part. I uh, would. In in the series, in the fictional series that will never happen, um, I will uh, I will sue her. I will sue her. But in real life, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I, I don't think it's right. It's yeah. fucked up. No, I mean suing I, anybody for any yeah. reason or just somebody you know. I in this particular case, I don't think I don't think it's cool. Right. No, I, don't, yeah, I I agree, but it's I'm glad that everybody everybody got through that shit uh, un, unharmed that it all worked out well for you. I had this uh, in, a few years ago. I was uh, out for a jog. I had my uh, my Labrador Retriever with me, and uh, I was running along. And there's this dude. Have I told you this story? This dude up in the tree with a chainsaw. Um, he's he's got like a 16 foot ladder extended all the way out. And he is up in the tree with a ladder, with a, mm-hmm. a, a ladder and, and a chainsaw. And he's got the chainsaw. Um, I guess he kind of figured maybe something possibly could go south because uh, he had the chainsaw tied to a rope and uh, so that if he dropped it, it wouldn't hit the ground. And so he's way the hell up there. And then he's got this, uh, this guy spotting for him, the guy that's holding the ladder, and he's like down there at the ground uh, making sure nothing goes wrong. So the guy that's on the ground is probably, I'm guessing, pushing 80 years old. He's, he's somebody's great-grandpa or something like that. And as I'm coming along, I, he's, he's all, almost you know through the, through the branch with the chainsaw, and uh, I hear the old guy say something like, uh, look out there, and, and uh, when the big branch, and it was a pretty good-sized branch, when the branch, he cut it all the way through, what nobody there in this uh, team had figured out was, and I guess I wouldn't have thought of this either because I didn't cut down trees for a living, is the fact that when you cut a big-ass branch down and it falls, there's a big huge weight shift and all of a sudden the tree kind of pops into a different position than it was before that and uh the ladder started to teeter-totter that he's standing on he grabs a hold of another branch drops the chainsaw running it's hanging there by a rope and the ladder <laughs> falls so and I'm I'm literally I've stopped and I'm, I'm at the at the edge of their property looking at this going on. There's and the old guy is looking up like and he's trying to do this kind of back and forth thing. Like he's got his hands up in the air and he's like like you know what the hell am I supposed to do here? Like he's gonna catch him and. <laughs> <laughs> I let go of the dog and go running down there, and I stand there like the old man. I start to put my hands up in the air and, and do the uh, what the hell are we going to do here? Catch him, and uh, I look up and I see his, his eyes are just wide open, and he's up high enough, you know, uh, that high that potentially he, he. I'm not saying he would have died unless he maybe would have landed somehow with the chainsaw or somewhere got the chainsaw against him, but um, he would have gotten hurt pretty good, I think, possibly, because it was that high, you know, higher than the house. They had like a ranch-style house. Um, so when he he let go, he had to. He couldn't hang on. He was, he was kind of a chubby guy. He had, not that that has anything to do with it, but he was in an awkward position, and he was trying to hold a lot of weight, and he just he had to let go. So um, he drops, and we tried to kind of reach out and do this this uh, kind of, you know, like you're to, you make a basket out of your arms, you know, thing as he's coming down, but there wasn't enough time to even talk about that. So... I just kind of tried to break his fall a little bit when he's coming down. I just kind of did a football tackle almost sort of thing, just trying to 
redirect his fall, and he hits the ground. All three of us end up going ass over tea kettle, kind of did this flip over thing, get up, and I look up, and the dog's standing there looking at all of us like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and uh, chainsaw's hanging up in the tree. Wow. Um, yeah. And I look around at him. I go, you okay? He goes, yeah. I think I am. And he twists his ankles around a little bit, like trying to make sure nothing's wrong. He goes, yeah, I think I'm fine. We look at Grandpa. Are you okay? He's, yeah, I'm nothing wrong. No no problem. I'm like, okay, no harm, no foul. And I grab the dog and I jog away. And I think, and I've never seen any of these two and nothing since that was the only, that was my only encounter with these people in my life. I was like, what the fuck was that all about? That was bizarre world. Well, what about the fucking chainsaw? I mean, uh, I don't know how they got the chainsaw down. Because like, my like, biggest fear would be that you fall, get the fuck out of there, because what if the chainsaw falls? Yeah, well, he had it tied up, so the chainsaw came down from that branch maybe five feet. He had like a five-foot rope on there somehow. Mm. So it could fall partway, but not on top of the old man or fall out of the tree. I think he's just worried about just dropping it briefly, you know, not like he was going to drop it, drop it. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a bizarre scene. I was like, oh, "Holy cow!" I mean, it's just yeah. We we bought this. So my ex wife and I bought this house in November two thousand three. So like fourteen and a half years ago, and something like that. I guess yeah. that's right. Right? Yeah. So so we buy the house, close on it right before Thanksgiving. We still have our apartment in Manhattan. She's pregnant with our daughter like you know we and but we start to move in you know my dad and i start to do some work in the house or it's really my dad and uh there was this storm and a huge tree branch from a neighbor's property fell onto the detached garage so it's where i'm where i am right now the pool house that's where the detached garage is so we ended up knocking it down so my dad came down with his chainsaw I have, I have pictures and even video of this, and my dad is like, climbed up the tree, and then it's sort of on top of the tree, cutting, 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 and, you know, pulling the thing off. It was one of the coldest fucking days, and it, it just scared the shit out of me. So even though my dad is like a real man, and like, he was a, a New York City firefighter, and he was in the rescue unit, and like, the rescue unit has chainsaws and shit, you know, they do that. But it scared the fuck out of me, because I'm like... That thing's powerful. Oh yeah, and, and it's it's like the other day when when my we we cut all those branches down. There are still pretty big pieces. And another neighbor had driven by, saw what we were doing, and he said, "I, I have a chainsaw. I'm just running uh, an errand. I'll, I'll come by with the chainsaw." He came by with a chainsaw that was like seventy cc, which I guess is like the power of like a small mini bike. Yeah, I was gonna fucking, say that's yeah big. Yeah, fucking big and quick work. You know, and the fucking chain, what do you call it, the saw part of it, it was long. Like The blade. He, he would just like, the blade, the blade was long. <laughs> it's like, ring, ring. So, someday, somewhere down the road, um, we're going to be able to grow back. You know, they're going to have the technology maybe to grow back limbs, don't you think? That's mm. yeah, a possibility. I was reading yeah. the other day. But, no. No. I, maybe. I, well, yeah. So I was reading this thing. Uh, they, uh, they're they're. Farming to meet their 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 how to die. they're 
they're working on the ability to uh, grow meat without a cow involved. Or basically, I, I guess I don't really understand how they're going to do that. Have you read any of this? I did not. No. I mean, yes. I'm okay with that. I just I yeah, don't want to lose a limb yeah. and have to have it grow back. Yeah, because all the we have got all like we talked about. Oh, that's snow shit. It's global warming. It's all you know. We're fucking up the world, and so there's there's a big huge push to come up with um, with uh, this meat that we man-made meat i guess it's the same thing as beef or pork or chicken or whatever and uh so i read this article a little bit about it and uh i am thinking like you said maybe exactly but i'm thinking if you they, they should put right now i think they just need to put women in charge of that whole operation it should be completely female-led because if you have dudes involved with this they're going to realize at some point if you can grow meat they're just going to say all right let's how big a dick can we grow <laughs> let's let's all right we're going to do what we can make penises this is fucking awesome or they'll say I, you know, I can create a woman. I can, I can factory. Yeah, it's like weird science. Factory the John Hughes movie. <laughs> yeah, it was just. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can't. If the dudes are in charge, we're screwed. There's, there's no way that that's ever going to happen. It just. I think we've well established that when dudes are in charge, we're screwed. I yeah. think, I think we've proven that we're, we're there right now. We're. Yeah. I don't know where we're going from here. It's especially, uh, you know, the you know, there are a lot of podcasts that are done by the uh, cisgendered uh, two dudes doing a podcast, uh, not uh, you know, like ours. We're, you know, we're um, you're not we're not sensitive enough. We're not uh, we're not. I don't know. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of reasons why why everybody else should possibly hate us. I guess I was okay. So. I heard these two guys. I, I was we we're out. And I went to the. Uh, we got this local mall. That's kind of mall, malls are really starting to hurt, don't you think? That because of the oh, absolutely, yeah, re- retail yeah. apocalypse kind of thing or whatever. There's a lot of stores. Mm-hmm. That it seems like that are closed and stuff. But um, at this point in town, it's the uh, the best that there is to offer. That's it's the one that's uh, that's left standing. We had one that kind of turned into a kind of turned into the ghetto mall, and it eventually went away and they tore it down. <laughs> but but uh, so anyway, so. We're out at the mall and we're walking around and I hear these guys and they're having this conversation and uh, I'm just gonna say it's was pretty clear these guys were gay they were they were um, very uh, they're very over the top with uh, a lot of things that uh, the way they were um, expressing themselves and this and that um, and there was a bunch of guys together all of them no, I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> okay. I, I just like I really have no idea what you're saying. Yes, exactly. There sort of they, they were exaggerated voices, hey, pro- mannerisms, yes, and yes, such yes, that I, one would believe. Like, and nope, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, nobody would have. Uh, they, <laughs> they were having gay sex right there <laughs> in the. Well, yeah. no, but they were having a conversation about um, kind of an argument, uh, very loud about. They, they were talking about uh, their favorite Burt Bacharach songs, and uh, the one guy was going, "I, you know," and I'm not even going to do the voice, but he was saying, "I, I can't believe." Um, that we've been hanging around t- together this long, and I don't even know what your favorite Burt Bacharach song is. And uh, this guy was like, "I'm not, he, the one guy says to the other guy, I'm not even sure I have a favorite Burt Bacharach song. And uh, then they were like talking about the Burt Bacharach um, 
was was uh, the period where he was writing with Hal David, you know, and they they were mentioning all these songs like um, "I Say a Little Prayer for You" and um, "They Long to Be Close to You," the Carpenter's song, and uh, I'm trying to think what else they talk. The Look of Love, Dusty Springfield, and all this stuff, and and uh, they're naming off all these songs, and there were there were a ton of them, obviously. Raindrops keep falling on my head, uh, B.J. Thomas, and uh, I was kind of amused by it, uh, and they. So I was standing there, and they're having this whole thing going on. And uh, the one dude saw that I was listening to the conversation. He could tell I was I was uh, I'd overheard what was going on. And he looks at me, and he goes, "Okay, all right." I said I wasn't going to do the voice. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. So, okay, Mister Eavesdropper, yeah. what about you? What's your favorite Burt Bacharach song? You look old enough. Yes. So it, that's exactly kind of pretty much how it went. So you I'm, may be hey, you may be straight, but. Fucking look at you. So, you don't know Burt Bacharach? I didn't even think about the connotations or anything. When I said it, it just came out. Uh, <laughs> I said, um, I looked at him and I go, this guy's in love. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, oh my God. You know, he's like, that's perfect. You know, and, uh, but, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, it's really, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I was completely, after I said it, I'm, I'm sure my face turned red because I was like, I really didn't even, I, I obviously did not give that enough thought. And I wanted to explain to them that, um, you know, hey, Herb Alpert, man, Herb Alpert was the fucking bomb. That guy, you know, he did that Lonely Bull song, that instrumental uh, thing. And I actually saw Herb Alpert in concert once. And uh, it was it was cool as shit. He's like the coolest, very heterosexual, machismo uh, Latin man doing this, uh, doing this very cool, uh, you know, very cool songs. But uh, this guy's in love with you. You don't probably want to say that to a group of gay guys. <laughs> I do. <laughs> do you guys have a pool house? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you on my sitcom. <laughs> yeah. There's where's the fucking oh, listen to this. I'm I'm, I'm looking up Burt Bacharach, and I know who he is. And there's one song that I know I like. Uh, I mean, there's a lot. He's a very prolific fucking songwriter. Oh, yeah, this guy. Yeah, huge. So anyway, so I want to read. I'm going to read this quote from um, American film critic Rex Reed. Rex Reed. I he was on that team. Yeah. Rex yeah. <laughs> Reed. This is referring to this is the Wikipedia referring to 1970s and 1980s. He swings, he jumps, he socks imaginary tennis balls from his conductor's podium. He's a hurricane that knows where it's heading. <laughs> but, <laughs> Which is true, absolutely. Is, is that true? I mean, was he that sort of animated? And did he really like? He was more. He was a personality beyond just being a songwriter. Oh, he. You know, I I do remember seeing him on a lot. He, he because he had so many hits. Uh, you know, they did bring him on a lot of shows and stuff like that. But I know I wouldn't say that he was very flamboyant or anything like that. Not flamboyant, but no. just you know, like a bigger than life personality, or just that much in the culture. Well, I oh, well definitely in the culture uh, in the in the sixties for sure, and sort of in the seventies. He he had a string of stuff there that uh, was just uh, you know some of the biggest hits of the day from the biggest movies. If you put somebody like that. Yeah, you know, into society, they're going to be, you know, it's going to be a pretty big thing. He was, he was ginormous for a, for a De writer, for a songwriter. De dead or alive, Burt Bacharach, dead or alive. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would think dead, but uh, you Not, tell me. Apparently, apparently, still alive and kicking at age no, eighty nine. He's 89, he's still alive. Wow, I would have, yeah, I would, yeah, I would not have thought That's that. That's what it says here. I mean, I know he, he had done something with um, Elvis Costello, hadn't he? Yeah, and Elvis I, I Costello mean, did a like, greatest hits thing, and yeah, they did, they collaborated on some stuff. Also, uh, didn't he do something with the Pixies, or the Pixies did Burt Bacharach? Uh, like a, 
uh, CD, which was basically all Burt Bacharach. I was thinking they did. I know they did a few songs anyway. Pretty sure. Hmm. Yeah. What the world needs now is love. Burt Bacharach and the Pixies, 2009? What? Yes, yeah. It was actually pretty what? good. What? Yeah, it was pretty good. Austin Powers, apparently. Yeah, it was pretty no. good. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I, I know the, uh, the Pixies, uh, I, I saw uh, wow. some certain interview and they were talking about how you know how they were affected by that. The other is um, uh, Zoe Deschanel. Uh, she, whatever that group is that she... He, he and... He and them. The, he and her. He and her. Him and her. Sound like that. No, him and her. Yeah, she she's done some Burt Bacharach stuff too, and she does a really good job because she can kind of catch that that kind of '60s yeah. vibe thing that that uh, comes off in that. I would think that would be good stuff for uh, like uh, some of the uh, what's her name that female singer the uh, chick that was uh, so hot uh, a couple of years ago the uh, big British gal. I say big, but she's I don't know. Oh, oh yeah, 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 Adele. Adele. I meant yeah. big, big as in you know, no, very uh, larger than life, very popular, big that way. Yeah, she and him—that's the Zoe Deschanel. Deschanel. I I used to really dig Zoe Deschanel and that she was awesome, and then I kind of started to hate her. I haven't seen her in anything lately. I know she's probably still around, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just got to think she she was really annoying, and and then there was like something about her that rubbed me the wrong way. Like she's a although if she wanted to do the pool house series, we could let like, her. Know. We could we could we could let her in. She's probably a big enough uh, level that uh, we could probably have a Zoe Deschanel be. I'm not sure what her role would be, but uh, I don't know. You're a lot older than her. Maybe she I, could I play can't. play the uh, the daughter. <laughs> no, it's not right to do this show. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's all about me, and it's I'm a, a white hetero male. Maybe that's the name of the show. It's all about me. No, we'll, we'll, we gotta, it is. Yeah, always. Uh, she was on. I think I did. It was I think I've seen uh, or heard her on on Mark Maron's podcast. I'm pretty. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. At one point, yeah. he did. You see, uh, and this was weird because I, uh, I know you're a fan, and I've listened to him quite a bit. Uh, his house is for sale. He's moving out of the the uh, the house where the, he's done all these interviews. You know, yes, restarted. Uh, and uh, you've, you've mm-hmm. seen it. It's online. You can go do the. They've got the realtor tour type thing of Mark Maron. No, house. I haven't looked it up yet. It's really bizarre. It's not a big house. It's really it's, no. It's, it's like, very small. Yeah, yeah. nine hundred and thirty two square feet. Uh, he's asking. Wow. I'm just sitting with this. No, he's asking uh, seven hundred and thirty nine thousand dollars for this place. Yeah, um, it looks like uh, it's really nice. Yeah, nice looking deck. Um, but two bedroom, yeah, small, small. Looks like one small. bathroom, I think. Yes, it's you know weird thing about this is, are you looking if you look at the pictures, the, the, I, the guy his bedroom, like he like he had just made the bed, and uh, you can it's it's just weird looking at that and realizing okay he just cleaned up a little bit and then they snapped the pictures and all right, you can you can go buy it if you wanted to if you got seven hundred thirty nine thousand dollars. I'm looking. I'm on curbed. I'm on curbed. Strange. I don't know. I, it. I'm not sure. I think maybe uh, he's living there, so it isn't staged. He, he still hasn't moved to the other place, so it, it wouldn't be a stage type mm-hmm. thing. The exterior of the house is nice looking. Yeah, it's. I think the, it's the interior too, and they did a really nice job on his TV series on IFC of recreating the interior. I yeah, I haven't seen that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a cute house. They stage it pretty well. Yeah, deck is the deck is really nice, and. The fucking garage, man. That's pretty awesome. It's got all that stuff, which he's been cataloging. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's going to bring the stuff with him. But, yeah. but yeah, yeah, he has. And, and he's like, what to keep, what not to keep. And he's been trying to do it on there. But it's an emotional thing for him because fucking this, is his, this was his home for such a long time. And then he had his show and the thing saved his life. It's weird. But, 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I've been in this house for 11 years, and you you end up with, even in a house that's, and this house a lot bigger than his is, um, it just, you you end up with a lot of shit. And uh, you just, I would imagine for all of the, memorabilia he's gotten from all these stars and people like that and and uh, all that stuff it would be it would be difficult but I think it's, it's hard for anybody when you're when you're trying to uh, sort through shit and decide what you're going to do and i know you just went through this going to the pool house thing and uh yeah you've got your own uh you got your own cross to bear there as it were yeah, yeah. i mean I, I if i were a single guy didn't have any kids I mean, this house is. This if is you really, were Mark I do Marin, like this house. If you were Mark Marin, he's a single guy. He's got no kids. I, I, God, I, I don't think I could do a tiny space, but 935 square foot by myself, sure. Two bedrooms, nice. You have a guest room. Uh, one bathroom, no. I don't know, man. I, I'd want at least one and a half bathrooms, you know? I mean, this is coming from a guy who's living in his ex-wife's pool house. Uh, yeah. Well, if <laughs> could you, if you're going to tell her, I need another full bathroom with an ensuite. If you're going to, if you expect me to live here, I'm well, sure. I mean, I could go into the house. I can go, you know, through the Bilko doors and go into the basement. There's a, a bathroom down there. Bilko um, doors. I'm not even sure what that is. Bilko doors. Yeah, like you know the ones where it's like the 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 the, the basement. Doors like uh, that you pull up. Oh, like uh, right. And with, like I, I mean, Bilko coming? is probably the brand. You know, the brand name. Like the, the tornadoes coming. And, yeah, yeah. And, and you batten down the hatches, and you yeah. go down to. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could go walk. You know. Yeah. So do you get thirty uh, feet and go into the basement? Use do you that get severe weather? Okay. On the East Coast, do you get like the, the, those? Always remind me of storm doors. So do you get like the, the severe? Th- does that happen there much? I work. No, I mean we we you know we have hurricanes. We have like you know we had Hurricane Sandy, and it didn't hit us directly where where this house is, but it hit certain areas closer to the water. Yeah, but it's fairly not doesn't happen very often, right? No tornadoes, obviously, but there are hurricanes. Yeah, I mean there's a hurricane season, and every couple of years we seem to have an issue and. Water levels rise, and there's no, no tornadoes in New Jersey. You don't have any at all. Huh? No, 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 not New Jersey. We don't. We don't have those. Uh, I thought uh, historically all states in the United States have have had tornadoes. You know, maybe. You know what? I, 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 in my lifetime, I don't remember any tornadoes. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I guess when I think of tornadoes, thing. I think of like the movie Twister. Sure. You know? Which was like, filmed but, in Iowa. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going down this. Uh, the, they, the scene where the um, uh, where they're uh, really trying to outrun the thing, and it's uh, just kind of uh, has popped over uh, out of nowhere, and they're on this uh, road, and the hay it starts to hail. Um, I was driving down that road. It's it's not a uh, main artery or anything like that. I just happened to be on this county road, and I was looking around, and I thought. Uh, just had this weird feeling it's like this looks really familiar here and you get that you know when you're when you're driving around in the midwest because you know there's not a lot of huge differences between one area and the next but i just i thought this sounds this this seems uh oddly familiar and then uh, i see this big sign that they had put up this is where the movie twister had been filmed and then i was like oh wow that is yeah that's the spot uh, and I think they probably waited around uh, somehow. They, I would guess maybe when they filmed that that they, they had kind of a little uh, tornado chaser thing sort of going where they uh, just found a good spot and and uh, when the storm blew in. Although CGI, they may have. I know there was a lot of that in the movie as well, but it seemed like there were some parts in that where it seemed fairly fairly close to to reality. With with with, uh, I've not seen. 
I've, I've been, okay, I lived in all of the Tornado Alley states. I lived here in Iowa isn't really considered uh, so much uh, this part of the state, uh, the Tornado Alley. But if I've lived in um, South Dakota, I lived in Nebraska, uh, Oklahoma, Texas. You know, that's where it all happens. I've been up and down those states just a bunch of times uh, driving back and forth for uh, work and trips and all that sort of stuff. And I've seen crazy-ass, crazy-ass storms. Never have I seen a tornado yet, which I, I feel a little bit cheated, sort of, I, although I think most people, when they get uh, get in this situation, when they do see one, they probably wish they hadn't. <laughs> but uh, it'd be nice to watch one from afar, I guess. It would be cool. Yeah, I don't... That's one thing that I don't want to be anywhere near is yeah. a, a tornado. Like, I wouldn't want to chase it. Like, my instinct wouldn't be to pull out my phone and, like, add it to, like, my Instagram story or Snapchat yeah. story. I just yeah. want to get the fuck out of there. Get out of there. Have you seen, uh, have you watched any of those tornado chaser shows uh, that are on, on TV? No, I, I couldn't Couldn't be less interested in yeah. seeing something like that. I I, I don't know. I, I, I get so sick of those sort of personality reality shows. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I, I've never gotten into any of them. I couldn't, uh, I have not. I saw the the real footage. There's a a documentary thing about the uh, Moore, Oklahoma uh, tornado from, I'm not sure what year it was, but uh, about 15 years ago. And this thing was uh, really an intense, crazy big tornado. And they showed this footage of these guys from the University of Oklahoma that recorded the highest wind speed uh, ever in the United States it was like 320 miles an hour or some shit like that and they, but they drove right into the basically right into this tornado with these uh, meters that were you know and measuring how fast the wind was going and they've got video of that it's like crazy to watch that it's like just bizarre as shit uh, so there's these guys that um, since I think that kind of spawned a lot of these guys to go chase and to go um, you know get uh, footage of a lot of those tornadoes and stuff and so they built a lot of these guys have built these um, elaborate vehicles that have uh, like armored exteriors and they're shaped so that they can uh, hunker down in the vehicle and the tornado may go over top of it. Um, there's uh, I know some of them that have these devices in there when they when they get in they use hydraulics to drop it down to the ground and then there's like these devices that screw down into the into the dirt uh, you know try to hold you in place. So hmm. obviously they're trying to get right into the storm. Okay, so the day that uh, my wife and I got married. Um, we were going to have an outdoor uh, reception. We had we had some. There was some tenting, but uh, for the most part, it was a, an outdoor reception thing. And we had the craziest fucking uh, storm came through. It was and right like right before we the, the service as the service was going on, you could hear outside like the shit just was cutting loose. <laughs> and uh, there's a, a friend. Actually, I just saw this guy tonight. I was at Best Buy. Um, and I ran into this guy that uh, when he came to the wedding, he said. Um, he walks in and uh, he said he had just seen, like right outside the church, he had seen that tornado chasing vehicle was like right, had <laughs> just gone by him. Uh, so it's uh, all those, you know, if if those storms get big like that, there's like 30 trucks driving around from all sorts of places over the United States because they can uh, make so much money off getting, uh, they, they do it two ways. They get money off the, off the uh, streaming the tornado when it's live and selling the tape to you know everybody that'll buy it and I, I guess there are a lot of sources that'll do that but they also do time lapse stuff so, mm-hmm. they, so they'll set up their their camera and do a, you know they'll sit out on some area and do a time lapse photography and when a lot of that stuff is stitched together it's obviously it's it's very dramatic and so they can sell either one of those things and uh, yeah I don't know I wouldn't want to be around it at all 
driving. No, I, I do want to see a, uh, a tornado in slow motion. Yeah. And oh, I, I'm, I, I'm on YouTube now, and I'm, I'm becoming a little obsessed with it. Driving's hard enough, you know, when you, you, know, you have to deal with shit like that. I was like, you know, uh, I was telling the kids, uh, we were talking about uh, Tori's uh, uh, trying to decide when she's going to take driver's ed or how that's going to work. And she's, of course, wondered, uh, you know, what car she's going to drive with. with uh, uh, she's looking for a, a cooler car, you know, everything that you know, our kids think. And you're like, you know, let's, I want to sure make sure that if I'm going to get my permit it's got to be worth it or i don't know so we were talking about the uh okay what's changed since you know the the old days from driving did you ever did you ever have to drive a stick shift vehicle of any kind yes uh yeah i didn't learn until i was in my early 30s and i drove that car for uh 10 years Okay, so you're familiar. We we actually mm-hmm. when I when I was in uh, driver's education, uh, most of the I think all almost all of the cars were automatic, but they did have one that they got that had a stick shift, and they made us uh, they made everybody uh, had to drive it like around a parking lot, uh, and uh, you, could, you had to build a you know shift gears, make it move that that sort of thing, at least uh, kind of get the basics of it, um, and uh, they would take some people and. Uh, put them on like a hill, like an incline and say, okay, you got to take off on the incline, which is trickier to do when you're learning, uh, trying to get that going. So that's obviously something they don't do anymore. And there's, I don't know, there are very few cars you can even buy anymore that have a stick shift. I know there's a few on the market, but so we're telling them that they're like, A, they didn't know what a stick shift really was and B, they probably didn't really care that much. But um, I told Tori, I remember that one of the things that they, um, that they had, cautioned us about i remember making a big deal out of it during one of the one of the uh safety sessions was uh and back in the day in the midwest i don't know if they did this on the east coast but they used to uh, people used to in the fall time they would um they would rake up big piles of leaves and they would burn leaves and uh it was just this you associated it with fall there was the smell of burning leaves and and there were no laws against that and i think a lot of people at the, uh, for whatever reason you know allergies and asthma and all that sort of stuff they they complain and laws were changed throughout the country but you, you here anyway you can't burn leaves uh, i don't think anywhere uh, but it was a big thing back then and we had a uh, safety session where they told us never drive through through things on fire <laughs> if they if you come because they would do it right by a roadside ditch a lot of times or along the edge of somebody's property and or they would put the leaves even out into the into the curb area of the street and light them out there and so there was you know they gave you this big lecture or this you know instruct you if there's smoke if it looks like there's fire you shouldn't drive through the smoke or the fire you need to go somewhere else and they're like looking at me like what <laughs> can't possibly be driving through smoke and fire just can't happen yeah. why would anyone why would anyone think that anyone would want to drive through smoke and fire well it was available so i don't know <laughs> i mean if that's part of the test it's like if you're taking the test and they have that as part of the test as a test and you drive this moment, whoa, you would well, fail, right? Well, I mean, I think, I, no, yeah, you wouldn't do it as part of the test. But what I think, uh, you know, okay, so in today's world, there's always uh, um, some big 100 car 
pileup type thing that happens uh, usually somewhere, and a lot of times it's fog related. Uh, sometimes in the winter, it's you know something to do with winter weather. But because you know, we had one over here uh, a few weeks ago that was was related to icy conditions and winter weather, people following each other too close, that sort of thing. But um, you hear usually about once a year about some fog related thing, and people drive into into fog even though they can't see you know 10 feet off their bumper and somehow think i should be able to drive 70 miles an hour through this <laughs> and uh you know no harm will come to me somehow magically and then all of a sudden you know you got these big pileups that happen uh and yeah you hear about those all the time so it was that it was that kind of thing where yeah um, okay I, I guess for, i guess here when that happens you know, usually there's so much volume of traffic in the New York and New Jersey area that chances are you're not going to be able to anyway. Yeah. And right? I, unless yeah. it were, unless you caught it when it first happened and you're able to drive around it, you know? Yeah. Um, and in the few times I've seen accidents like that, like a jackknife tractor trailer and the things on its side and smoke is billowing out, it's like, I want to be nowhere near that thing because what if it blows? I'm not saying it will, but... Uh, you know, if there's smoke and fire and there's an, a gasoline and an engine, yes, yeah, me the fuck out of here. If there, I don't is, want to be stuck in traffic. If there's asbestos it, burning on that truck, yeah, yeah, it's not. I, or if we, if you, for instance, if you have, it's it's like uh, every now and again, I'll I've got uh, we've got trains close to where I live and a lot of uh, railroad crossings. And that train comes down fast. It's a commuter train. Yeah, those go. Yeah, and yeah. and every now and again, even though there's a little bit of time, like I think a couple of times I've gunned it, and then I'm like, that's a bad idea because you yeah. got to go over train tracks. What if something happens? What if you blow out? Like it's stupid, right? You know, if the if the thing is dinging and the light is on and the arm is coming down, just fucking stop. Okay, it's yes. not a big deal. Uh, but. I, yeah, I just I don't know. I, I I don't mess around, especially nowadays. Now that I drive and and I'm paid to drive, I'm a little bit more cautious for the most part. Unless I'm in the car by myself. Yeah, I actually my older brother uh, worked for the uh, Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad. It was a uh, 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 anyway for a, a long, long number of years, and he did uh, the he was a uh, they he was with the crew that fixed those crossing arms or put in those crossing arms. Uh, and uh, he said that uh, you can't believe how many accidents, fatal accidents happen because people either drive around them or drive, try to drive through them and break them and then hit the train. Or, yeah, well, and they, if you talk to the railroad people, uh, his his buddies or whatever, they, they're, they're all like, they, they get mad when they read um, the newspaper or, the, or whatever, the, the news articles about um, how they describe it. And it's always um, that the um, uh, a train hit the car. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, that's not whatever happens. The train never hits the car. The car drives in front of the fucking train. <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or they drive into the fucking train. The train is an absolute. It's going to be there. You know, it's, you're, you're warned about it generally. And uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> they're like, just pissed them off about how, yeah. Just, yeah. Try to well, I'm I, I, if you've if, I don't know how you approach a railroad crossing that you know is a well traveled you know it's a frequently movie. I mean, I just drive through it unless I hear the dinging and the, and the arm comes down. Right. You know, but I you know one thing that's it's interesting to me is is you know a school bus at least where I live every time a school bus approaches a railroad crossing regardless they kind of stop. 
Well, they have to. So and maybe, they look. Yeah. Right, I didn't realize that, and I'm Googling now. In general, school buses must stop at all crossings with or without passengers and ensure it is safe before proceeding across the tracks. I didn't I didn't realize that was a thing. Yes, and if there's... I, don't Aren't we supposed to... Everybody stop if, it, if the thing's making noise or, or whatever? Because we have those intersections. Yeah, I mean, where, if the thing is making yeah. noise, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like for some people, like uh, at, a, at a, you know, a stop light, a traffic light, uh, yellow means to speed up. That's not actually the case. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean... To, it means you, you slow down and you stop. That's not the case here in, in New York, New Jersey. Yeah. It's the opposite. Well, yeah, when I lived in, in uh, Dallas, the you were saying, you know, it's hard to avoid uh, because traffic gets packed in and, you, you you know, how are you going to avoid an accident? Because if you try to get off somebody's bumper, you, you pull back enough that there's enough room. As soon as there's enough room for a car in between there, somebody pulls in. So you back off a little bit more and somebody pulls in. So it's hard not to be, you know, that NASCAR driver uh, distance off somebody's ass because every time you create enough space you know to make yourself feel comfortable somebody slides in there and so you i i always got at the point where i just would go all right i'm i'm gonna if traffic's going 85 90 i'm gonna go 85 90 i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna try but then you kind of hunker down a little bit and try to look through cars in front of you for brake lights you know it's like if i can see three or four cars through all those cars and look for brake lights maybe i can uh, i can stand on it enough and when you're in texas and that goes on there's there's a there's a whole chain of events that can roll through your head in the in in like two two seconds because you're okay you're going along that fast all of a sudden you see boop, 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 lights start to pop on ahead of you. you realize people are probably just coming to an absolute stop and so you stand on the brakes and as soon as you stand on the brakes you there's this thing that happens where you real you're, you're hoping you're not going to hit the front or the back of the person in front of you so you at some point you're totally front focused and you're thinking Am I going to hit him? Am I going to hit him? Am I going to hit him? And then when you realize I'm not going to hit him, you go to the rearview mirror. Are they going to hit me? Or are they going to hit me? And then if you have enough time in this nanosecond of things, the other part that also goes to your head down there is, do they have insurance? Is it a Mexican? <laughs> <laughs> I love the Mexicans, but you're like, holy. F then you try to pick if you're going to have an accident. Who am I getting? Who will I get in the accident with? <laughs> Which obviously you can't fucking uh, you can't uh, plan ahead that far. But there are times where seriously you're like, I'd rather I'd rather plow into that chick right there because she's obviously that looks like Kathy Bates. She's got insurance, <laughs> and that guy definitely does not. That guy with that old fucking truck truck behind me. He's yeah. I doubt if he's going to be able to pay the bill. So let's plow into them. I got rear-ended by a Mexican dude right around oh, the holidays. Out. Yeah, I don't know. I I stopped. He's super friendly, super nice. I don't know if he had insurance. We exchanged information. Then it seemed like he wanted to be my friend. So I think in the pool house series, <laughs> this happens. And I'm like, oh, fuck, you know? I mean, like, seriously, like, in the podcast, we're talking about this. Somehow we bring up Dallas and the Mexicans, and then this guy rear-ends me. And then next thing you know, it's like, you know, and we could follow this story along with the pool house. And now the guy wants to literally be my friend. And, he and maybe he becomes my friend. Yeah. And even, and then I got kicked out of the pool house because I'm not allowed to have guests, even though that's very specific that my ex doesn't want me having 
sex in the pool house, but then it turns out because I'm stuck in here in prison, I'm having sex with a Mexican guy because, well, he doesn't have insurance. <laughs> so his, now we're just buddies. It's cold in here. Let the whole family so. move in. <laughs> we're just spooning. We're not. It's like. <laughs> just the dumbest fucking. <laughs> And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Let's let Mr. Big Voice take us out. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed Unbecoming of Age. Bonus content at unbecomingofage.com. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Find us on social media at Unbecoming of Age. And sometimes when we talk.